Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hi, and thanks so much for listening to our Exploring Awareness Podcast. I'm Lisa here with Frank, and we're just grateful that you are choosing to listen, and we're excited about our topic for this conversation, which I got to pick this time <laughs> because I'm super into it. And that is synchronicity. Are you good with that, Frank? Oh, Lisa, how synchronistic of you. <laughs> just thinking of that. <laughs> Were you really? No, no. I, I didn't think so. I didn't <laughs> think so. See, being authentic, that's part of synchronicity. So we but I, lo- I love synchronicity and I'm so glad you want to talk about it. It's one of the fun things about what we're doing that uh when you explore awareness fun things can happen that's right and same thing with synchronicity which for those who may not be familiar with it i think it was psychologist carl Jung who first did he coin the phrase or came up with the term originally and referring to the meaningful or even miraculous i love that coincidences that occur in your life When you experience synchronicity, you'll have experiences that seem far too significant to be mere day-to-day encounters. Is that a good, do you think that's a good definition? Mm -hmm. Far more significant. Well, and then, you know, I found a quote from him too. Synchronicity is an ever-present reality for those who have eyes to see hopefully we all have eyes, but you're using them, I guess, is, is, is the point. It reminds me of our, the title of our podcast, Exploring Awareness, Ah, right? Because what are the eyes to see? And in your definition, right? He's saying they're happening all the time, right? Well, I don't know if they're happening all the time, but I think think when I don't know that's a good question are they because lately I have definitely been in the flow the synchronicity flow and it's exciting and I like that he called it even miraculous because I don't know are they are they always there and I'm just aware of them now or are things happening because I'm in the flow and I'm expecting them and moving in a certain direction well what is a recent synchronicity that you've had I just, you know, I'm on this path and working out some stuff and something will come up and then I'll go, I'm going to read something and then I'll read something and it addresses exactly what I was just thinking about. And, or I'll say a word or mention a person and then someone else will say the same word or mention the same person. I don't know. I feel like I'm not giving a good example, but It's been happening over and over and over again in conversations and situations. And I just, to me, it's like a flow. And yeah, yeah, I agree. And you might have called that a coincidence in the past. Right. You may have said, oh, that's just a coincidence. But now you see it as something a little, with something with meaning, right? Right. That might be the difference between a synchronicity and a coincidence. And because these things are happening, it's kind of a, it's kind of affirming to that what you're, the direction you're heading is the, is the right direction because it's like, 
sign after sign after sign. And to the point where I had to stop and think, am I imagining this? Am I just <laughs> looking for something to hold on to? Am I just thinking this is happening so I can assure myself that I'm headed in the right direction? But then there was just so many and it kept happening. I thought, nope, this, this, is, this is really happening. So I'm excited to be in the flow. You know, to me, there's something about your approach or, or, or one's approach to things that happen in life that, you know, can be looked at from different perspectives. And certainly, you know, a rational mind, concrete mind, an analytical mind will be, could be dismissive of that, right? And say, well, that's you're a coincidence. Right. Uh, it's because you're on those web pages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's because, you know, there are other factors that are kind of decreasing the random chance that these things would happen. And, you know, that may or may not be true. And, and from another approach, it doesn't need to matter, right? Ah. <laughs> because it's like, like you said, it's like, so, so what? So what? What does it mean for you, right, to be, to have your eyes open mm. and to be so present mm. in, your, in your, the present moment and in your flow mm. that you can see these things happen and, and derive some, some joy from it? You know, derive some pleasure, derive some validation. It isn't validation of the rational mind. It's the validation of, of your sense of, of presence. You're, you're there and you're embracing life as it flows in front of you. And life is flowing and you're paying attention. And that's how I kind of like the the quote about having the eyes to see, because if you don't have the eyes to see, you know, you'll, you'll miss, miss them. (laughs) You'll miss them. But what we've been doing with this exploring awareness, paying attention to the present moment, it changes the present moment because there's so you, you, when you approach the present moment with that sense of awareness, then you start to see things, things unfold. And if you weren't present, there's no chance for that to happen. I'm just soaking that all in because I so appreciate you giving that perspective, sense of presence, present moment awareness. We talk about that all the time. And then I also found another definition. Synchronicity in action means that you are aware of your thoughts and the connection to your result. So it's really about awareness. It's present moment awareness and a sense of presence. And you're right. That that is such a great way to explain it. And if you're just, I know a lot of people listen in different orders and maybe you're not aware that Frank is a physician and most physicians are scientists and you're a scientist yet you can give, you can give some validity to synchronicity even as a scientist? Well, I can have one foot in, you know, each camp. <laughs> Don't ruin it for me. You just made it so beautiful. <laughs> well, for a backup affirmation. All right, go ahead. No, I want to hear it. Tell me I, I, I don't need to explain these things right. rationally because I enjoy letting life unfold 
as it unfolds. And I kind of feel like that's an expansive approach. Mm. And, you know, to reduce it to, to something without meaning is fine, but that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds like a crumudgeonies. Yeah. And of course, if you're doing scientific research and you're working with patients and you're using data and being objective, of course, you, that's the way you got to go. I mean, that's the way I practice medicine. I don't practice medicine with synchronicity. I practice right. medicine based right. on evidence. Yes. And, and when I'm doing that, I'm doing that. But, you know, I've told you I've been to Burning Man and we have some episodes about that. And that place is flow and the synchronicities out there are just incredible. And you could ask anyone who goes out and they will say the number of these type of things that happen are just so higher than they are out in the world. I think because everyone is kind of out there just being themselves and the funnest, most unusual synchronicities can happen. I mean, I've heard people say they're walking and it's hot and they're like, oh, I wish I had a snow cone. And then <laughs> they walk up and there's someone with a snow cone. Like yeah. here, snow cones stand, you know, out in the middle of the desert, people are making snow cones. One day I had a vest that the sleeve had torn and I needed to, I needed to sew. I didn't have anything to sew it with. And I was walking out the back of our camp and across the street, there were eight sewing machines and eight seamstresses. Ah. <laughs> set up a sewing station that day only. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How in the world does that happen? And so thinking about it is, doesn't make any sense. It's just enjoy that, that the presence, the, 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 the happening, the, the coincidence. And it's just it, a synchronicity, you know, presence and awareness changes a coincidence into a synchronicity. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. I feel like I'm trying to give some credibility to it. I mean, a psychologist, world-renowned psychologist, Carl Jung coined a term. So he must've thought there was something, something to it, psychologically speaking. Yeah, well, he was, he's saying it's an ever-present reality. Ah. And I would agree with him. You know, I think, like I said at the beginning, these are they're happening all the time, and we don't see them. But we can develop the eyes to see them, and then when we develop the eyes, then we can start to see them and enjoy them. I think that's what he was saying. And do you think people at Burning Man are more just more open to it? And that's why it happened. You have to be open to it to make it happen or to be not to not, not make it happen, but to be looking for it, I guess. Well, I think that it's fun that it happens at Burning Man, but I think that it can happen. It's happening to you. And, yeah. um, and we're talking about the eyes to see. And another word that I like that I do actually use in my practice is intuition. And I think again, when we're talking about exploring awareness, mindfulness, presence, intuition is, is another thing that kind of starts to be more active. You know, this ability to kind of sense what's going on. You know, and I think that ability to sense what's going on allows us to also see the 
the synchronicities that are happening in our lives. Does, does that, you see the connection there? Well, I think I am a, I used to think I was a pretty intuitive person. And then sometimes you have shocked me on how intuitive you are. Do you think that's part of your personality or is that something you fostered as a physician or where does that come from in you? Well, you can't make yourself intuitive. <laughs> right, right. Well, no, I, I'll, I'll just say me first. I'm intuitive. I'm a, I'm a Pisces. I'm an extremely sensitive person. I'm an empathetic person. If I, if you, if you're in pain, I feel your pain. So intuition has always been a part of my life. I think you have to be kind of more open to it or not open to it, but that's me. I'm free flowing, fun seeking Lisa. And you're the scientist doctor, and yet well, you still- I'm an Aquarius, you know, and that Aquarians are all in their head, right? Yeah, is that intuition in your head, or what kind of no, no, no Aquarius? I don't know if that's an intuition as much as it is just, just you know, thinking and yeah, I'm um, creating. But but no, I feel like the intuition comes from from presence. Like when I see a patient. Since I'm just being present, I'm not distracted so much. So I can start to see, you know, how people move, how people talk, you know, what people are saying. And it and it gives me a lot more information than just what conversation might give. And we all do that a little bit, you know, picking up facial cues and 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 uh, voice things. But you know, I think it can go it can go deeper than that. And and I think that being present and mindful allows you to start picking up on things that you wouldn't have picked up before. Well, I mean, that's true, but that's just paying attention. I think if, if, if you're feeling things or noticing things about people and, and how lucky are your patients to have a doctor who's intuitive or sensitive or paying attention. Right. And I, and I do think that's available to anybody. Uh, the ability to enjoy synchronicities, you know, the ability ability to have more intuition, uh, it kind of goes along with that being connected to your core, right? And not having it covered up by all of those other things that we talk about. Again, for people just starting with this episode, we often talk about this core of being you know, and we use words like joy and peace and generosity and love. But, you know, that can also look like wisdom and intuition and, you know, the ability to, to notice things. And so I think that intuition and kind of openness to synchronicity is kind of fits into that core what do you think you know i always like to put myself in the in the shoes of the listener so i'm thinking of seeing people going how can you learn to be intuitive i have people in my life who are the exact opposite of intuitive so are you saying by connecting to these things in your core that that's how you become intuitive yeah right and i'm and well remember Connecting to your core is not something that you kind of make yourself do. Um, (laughs) Connecting to your core is something you experience through this, what we're talking about on this podcast, exploring awareness, 
using mindfulness techniques to connect to that core. So again, the intuition and the synchronicity appreciation is a bottom up kind of thing, as opposed to something that you make yourself do. What if you've never felt that? What if you've lived your life or for 20, 30, 60, 70 years, and you've just kind of gone along with for the ride and hadn't put a lot of time and thought and energy into this. And, and we talk about it and it's my goal for sure to, you say the first thing I learned from you, is you said, the joy is always there. We just cover it up. And I was like, what? The joy is always there. We just, that is sounds simple, but it's a, it takes some effort to uncover it which is kind of sad that it takes effort to, to get to your joy. But then I started thinking, what if people have never experienced that before? How is it, is it there for everyone to feel and to get to? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it makes me think about, you know, what covers it up. Life, families, um, experiences, jobs, co-workers, traffic. I mean, it, it gets covered up for some people at a very young age based on their parents and, and, the, and their income level. Well, you know, and there may be some people. I would also argue that there have been times in I hope everyone's life where you get a glimpses here and there of that sense of joy of being Mm. and you don't necessarily know what it is but it's there it's there in all of us it's part of being human it's part of being part of this universe and so i i know that it's going to be more difficult for some people than others to trust to have faith Mm. to do the work um to get these realizations but i absolutely certain that everyone has that possibility. So why did I have that thought? Because we have been talking for a year now. Because you're empathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think maybe there's somebody listening. And if we could just explore this a little more, maybe we could help them get there. Something is telling me that somebody needs to hear this, that we talk about it. The joy is always there. That is such a great thought and then but somebody was thinking but lisa and frank you don't understand my life you don't know what i've been through and i want to feel the joy and you say we just cover it up but i don't know how to do that what would you tell them i know i'm asking a lot you're not a psychologist i know i'm asking you uh, asking a lot but if something is telling me somebody needs to hear this yeah it's me <laughs> it Yeah, and I think that when people know that, (laughs) they're aware of it. (laughs) They're aware, but they don't know that they are aware. And so, you know, there's already kind of an opening. If you weren't saying that, if you were just just living it, um, then then there'd be even harder. 
yeah, I'm not a therapist and this isn't therapy. This is, you know, kind of well-being. This is spirituality. And there are definitely things that are in people's lives that require therapy and require counseling and require talking to someone. But I also know that's not available to everyone. I can talk about this, you know, until I'm blue in the face. But for anyone who says that can't happen, I would ask them to try if they were if they would if they would like to try something different and if they have some sense that it's possible then I would start having them meditate like the way we do on this podcast and try it for themselves. Now I think um, you know you were saying you know people who just can't meditate. Yeah. People said no I I yeah, I tried. I tried 3 years ago and it didn't work. No, I, I don't meditate. I don't, I don't, I'm not a proponent. <laughs> and, you know, I think people make their choices as well. Mm. And I would encourage them to do this, but I don't ever like to feel evangelical about this or telling people they have to do this. I mean, there has to be an initial interest in it. And so if someone came to me and said, I've never experienced joy in my life and I've never experienced peace, never experienced love, and I want to, then I would start this process with them. And I'm pretty sure they would uncover some pretty difficult situations that may have their kind of conditioning locked into place. But they might need to work with someone to untangle some of those things, you know, because being aware of your beliefs and about yourself, being aware of your situation is one thing, but sometimes, you know, you do have to untangle that with a professional to help, help you live in the world. Because, you know, these spiritual things are great, but we also have to live in the world. So a year ago when you said that, I was so delighted and I thought it's true and I would say it to people and I don't know how well it was received. And maybe now a year later, I'm, I still, obviously I still think it's true, but maybe it's not as simple as I thought it first was. But I mean, it sounds like it is, but maybe it isn't. What? The, the, the joy is always there? Yeah. Like you, we just cover it up. So, hey, uncover it. And then there's your joy. Oh, Next. right, right. Yeah, no, it's not that simple necessarily. But it could be. Well, I remember we've talked about Eckhart Tolle when he was miserable, suicidal, so sad, so depressed. He said, I can't live with myself anymore. This is in the power of now. Then he had this instant realization that the part of him that can't live with himself anymore isn't that isn't the part that's depressed. You know, he had this realization that who he was was not what he was saying. <laughs> you know, he had this instant realization of that he was something else. That being trapped in that story and that narrative was not who he was. He's not his narrative. You could say he had a realization that he was the awareness of his of himself. Mm. But he and again he calls it the power of now. So again, words don't 
aren't perfect for this kind of realization, but you know, he was at rock bottom and went from rock bottom to two years of bliss. And I'm sure five minutes before that, he was so miserable, he wanted to kill himself. Mm. And so these things aren't necessarily logical. <laughs> They're not thought out. But giving yourself a, an option, an opening that maybe, just like so many, 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 many people have had these kind of realizations, had these kind of experiences, and we tend to think of them outside of our circles, like, who are these people? That's them. But still, me, I'm really miserable. But, I mean, let's not put them on a pedestal. We're all humans, and we all have the same potential. And so even if there is that just glimmer of hope, a glimmer of faith, that's enough to work with. And I would add that it is possible. It is possible. It's possible. And it's there for everyone, not just certain people. No matter how much money you have or no matter what health your condition you're in, no matter what you've experienced your whole life, it's still possible. Yes, it's absolutely possible. It has to be. And, you know, some people at their very dying moments mm. have these realizations. It's like, you know what? All that stuff, <laughs> you know, it ain't working for me. I'm about to die. And they, you know, they get a relief. But don't wait till you're about to die. See, and that is my strongest calling. And I've been trying to figure out how to put that into words. I mean, we talk about it and I write about it and I think about it, but how can I put it into where I just want to scream it from a tower that this life is a miracle and you only have this one time through and don't waste it. You know, I read a thing to earlier today is like, Every time you speak to someone, think about what if they died tonight? Did you cherish that conversation enough? Did you say what you wanted to say? And I thought that is a lot. That is a lot to put on a person that you to. Yes. I mean, I try to be that way, but who who can walk through life every single minute with with that on their mind? So I, yeah. I'm trying to think of a way to say it. So it doesn't need to be on your mind, though. It could just be how you are. Right. Right. So, right. again, a top down versus bottom up. So when you're in the present moment, life becomes three, four, five times as rich. And so you're living in the present moment without thinking about how the past has affected you or the worries of the future. And so if you have those conversations at a party that are present moment there, that's it. That's, that's the spice of life right there. And that's what people say, oh, I love this person because they make you feel, when they talk to you, they make you feel like you're the only one in the room and they're really focused on you and paying attention to you. And, and so you don't have to cherish it. You are cherishing it because you're doing it right in the present moment, mindfully present being. That's your gift of your being to, your, to the person. And that's it. And that's the moment. And then when it's over, it's over. No regrets. 
there will not be no regrets in those cases, right? Yeah, right. I have this habit of like rehearsing things. I don't mull over the past and I don't worry about the future, but I find myself like just thinking of different scenarios and how it might work out or what I should say. And I don't know if that fits into that category or not. It's not present moment awareness. When no, I, it sounds a little future, future planning. Yeah. And when I catch myself doing it, I think, I, Lisa, stop. You'd be better off just meditating and thinking nothing. Or would I? Well, it depends on who you're going to interview. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, it's I not mean, even interviews. It's just but, no, but your job is to interview people, and you've got right. to plan that out. So you, do, you can't just wing that. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, there's that. And that might maybe bleeds over into other things, and that's fine, too, and you're aware of it. And, um, you know, if you're rehearsing a conversation when you don't need to, just go in, just, just notice that you're doing it and move on. Hmm. Do you ever rehearse conversations? Um, no, no. Sometimes I make stories up about, you know, what's going to happen, but I also have been good about catching myself about those stories and not buying into things I don't know, right? That is one of the most powerful things we've learned here too, is that these stories and these scenarios, and you can convince yourself of something that's happening and think that that person's doing this against you. And you can concoct such a scenario that could be so far from the truth. So save yourself the pain and the energy of doing that. Yeah. And, but the thing about it is we do it. Right. We know that we do it and then um, we can judge ourselves for doing it and make it twice as bad <laughs> mm-hmm. or we can acknowledge that that's what our brain does. That's what we're wired to do. And you can say, there, there it goes again. I'm going to, you know, make a cup of coffee. Mm. One of the best gifts you've ever given me is uh, right when I think we first started talking and I, and I don't know if I can articulate this correctly, but you said something to the effect, like, I can't figure this out. Like, don't, don't try to figure you out and don't figure out this process and just, just let it be. And it's given me so much freedom and so much joy and maybe it was because you told me that to begin with. So I know that's where you're coming from. Uh-huh. So it makes it so much more joyful for me that I don't have to worry about it. That I don't, oh, what did I say? Or what does that mean? I don't have to worry about it. So that's a, that was a gift right. to an overthinker like me. And I occasionally have to remind myself that I don't create a story. That doesn't mean that. Or just that, no, just just be just so that was a gift to me for someone like me. And if we could, I feel like have more relationships like that, where you're just upfront and honest and here I am. And here's what we're talking about. And all we have is this moment. So don't look back or don't plan ahead or don't concoct a story about what's going on. Right. And what did you lose? I stopped doing that. A lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. There you go. Right. A lot of disappointment. And yeah. What did you gain? What did you gain? A fun, free, open, honest learning relationship. There. And a podcast. Beautifully said, right? And that type of experience can be applied every day 
to everything. That type of just freedom. And that's where the synchronicities start to happen, mm-hmm. right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this podcast has been full of synchronicities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every conversation we have practically is a synchronicity. And every time we we pick a topic, you know, I do a little search and boom, there's these amazing quotes that just pop up, right, for me to use. It's incredible. Right. And I, and I, and I, I don't like to overthink it because I don't want to, I, I don't want to jinx it because it's. Yeah, yeah like but, being, and that's what oh, you know, overthinking, right? Overthinking kind of yeah. things up. So, so, but you know, you had know that you have a ten, tendency to overthink, and so mm-hmm. you see it, and you and you move on. You know, right. it, and I won't say you let it go because I like to say it falls off. You know, once you go back to the present, it's gone, isn't it? That tendency is gone. It's not like you you let it go you came to the present moment and is gone it just fell away and i don't know i've been having some fun meditations lately oh yeah like what <laughs> i don't want to tell you <laughs> just well, you can't bring it up and then <laughs> i don't know have you ever felt like you were flying in a meditation before yes what's that about I, I do space travel. Um, Get so, out! <laughs> you know, I go up in the sky and there's stars and planets and stuff. And so, yeah, it's kind of like daydreaming, right? And um, that's part of the a little distraction of meditation. I know when I learned to meditate in Thailand, they actually, one of the stages was for you to create a mental image and People were having a lot of trouble. This is a silent retreat, but I don't know how I knew this. I guess afterwards we talked about it. People (laughs) say no mental image came up, no mental image came up. And they're, you know, some people were upset and other people had these crazy mental images. Mm -hmm. I had um, a blue sky with clouds, but it was a Picasso painting of blue skies Mm. and clouds. It's kind of fragmented. And as part of that process, you know, there was also kind of, if if you could do that with your brain, you could, there was a lot of like satisfaction and happiness. I'm like, oh my God, I did that. And um, it was part of the training of mindfulness because, you know, you can get stuck in that. You can get stuck in your ability to do those kind of things, you know, fly and go to space. And sometimes I can, I can make red and green and blue colors come up and things like that. But all of those are, you know, they're fun and they're things you do and that your brain does. But again, it's one of those things that then awareness you know, and you become deeper in your awareness when you can see what your brain can do, when you can see your your happiness. They called it kind of a rough happiness, a coarser happiness. And the joy that comes from seeing that is more of a sublime, you know, kind of mm. deeper. It, it doesn't go away when the fun mental images go away when the flying goes away 
So it is one of the stages that people will go through during meditation, this type of experience. You know, it's wonderful and it's interesting. And with some of all that clutter in the brain, once that goes away, then these kind of things can happen. But again, they're part, they're activities of the brain that you can then bring that awareness to and just be deeper and gain more wisdom into how your brain is working. And now when I think about it, it almost seems synchronistic. You know, I'm on this path and I'm learning these lessons and I'm being more aware. Once you get into the groove of being aware, it can really help bring some peace, I think. So then you get into the groove of being aware and then you meditate. And part of this whole process is like things start to happen and I feel like they're happening the way they're meant to happen. And they wouldn't have happened if I hadn't, the other thing hadn't happened. You see what I'm trying to say about yes. the synchronicity of that's, it all? Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's a flow. That's right. Kind of flow. And maybe there was some intuition too, that this was kind of the right way to go and just mm. that, that flow and intuition and synchronicity. Yeah. It's such, so freeing and so much, such a wonderful way to live compared to confinement and, you know, staying closed up in a protective little box. And it's possible for everyone. Absolutely. Possible. And it doesn't cost a thing. And it doesn't cost anything. And we don't even have commercials on our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any sponsors. No, 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 no monetization. So it's like free, free. Yeah. Gift. That's the best part. It's yeah. like, think about it. There are there so many ways you want to better yourself and better your life? And, you know, for thirty nine ninety five a month, you can do it. Uh-uh, you don't, it doesn't cost a thing to just uncover your joy and love yourself and try to meditate and get rid of the stories and find people who want to have open unjudgmental relationships and you know just be open to the possibilities and and be non-judgmental and let go of the stories and just find your joy it's there i promise you it's there so that always brings up the question, how? Right. You know, we can read this and we can listen and talk. But the how really is a deeply personal thing. And that kind of moves us into a guided meditation, I would say. Wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. Because once the the talking is over and a lot of people uh, turn the podcast off <laughs> <laughs> or but, a lot of people turn it up <laughs> or they turn it up. <laughs> but if you're driving, it's hard to do the meditation. So I understand that. Just don't forget when you get home, I want to see those consumption numbers go up at the uh -huh. end. All you listeners out there. But but either way, um, I think that even the conversation can guide people to connect to something deeper. But 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 really, it is about your own personal connection 
to something deeper with and and the magic of this is by you know not relying on thoughts and past and future you know which is what we're used to that's where all of this opens up from and the synchronicities and the intuition the freedom and it can seem like a paradox and it can seem like you're losing something but you don't you don't lose anything and you gain a lot so it, this is where people say I can't meditate because they don't want they're afraid they're going to lose something or that you know how could they not think 24 7 and I'm not asking you not to think anyway. I'm asking you to go a little deeper. And the how to do that starts. You can't just go to it right away. You have to kind of work your way to it. And the way we do that here is starting to take a seat be in a comfortable position. You know, just bring yourself to your chair and perhaps silently state an intention. It may be, you know, to connect to the core or to find a sense of joy or peace within. And you'll start then by just being aware of the breathing. And we start here because the breath is this just obvious, intimate, thing that's happening in the present moment. And there may be sounds happening in the present moment. And there may be bodily feelings happening in the present moment, but <clears throat> let's just practice and focus on the breath. the breath that's been going on all day. And we have just stopped now to be aware of it. I just feel the air as it moves in through your nose or your mouth. Filling your lungs. You know, up to a certain point and then the process reverses.
is so simple. But that's the present moment. That's what's happening. And instead of this breathing being something that you just do, which you've been doing your whole life, this practice allows us to be aware of it. It's making the unconscious conscious. And so instead of just breathing, you know that you're breathing. And what part of you knows that you're breathing? And just feel into that part. It takes a lot of practice. Because when people can't meditate, it's often because there's so many thoughts. And just like you've been breathing, you can be aware of your breath. Could you be aware of your thoughts? And so try this, try to remember what you had, you know, for your last meal. And think of the different parts of it, where you were, try to recreate that in your mind.
what the food tasted like. If you're with someone, Right, and now shift from those thoughts to the awareness of those thoughts. And then what happens to the thought? And think of a story. Something that you think might happen or someone else thinks might happen. Something on the news, predictions, something in your family, something at work something that's bothering you, something that uh, you're unsure about. Think about that story, feel into it, and then just bring awareness to that whole story. What happens? To that. And so practice, practicing awareness of these stories and thoughts, you might start to notice they just dissolve. They fall away, leaving something still there. There's part of you that's present, that's aware, that's awareness. And so all of this stuff is dissolving away with the same awareness we use for the breath. And there's still something there that had nothing to do with the thoughts, with the stories. What is that? And what does that mean? If any of these things just dissolve away, and what's left is, what's left is a sense of freedom. And maybe along with that, a sense of joy and peace 
and love and possibility. And so with these meditation practice, you get to know that place. And maybe all of those things you thought weren't really true, and maybe this is what's really true. And so then when you move out into the world, instead of a very narrow experience of the day, there all of a sudden becomes an opening of possibilities. of synchronicities. And as the old stories fall away and the new experience of life emerges, you can keep, keep moving into that lane without thinking or forcing it just arises spontaneously and naturally And so the ship, in a way, changes course a little bit. And as you keep moving along this path, do you know as the course changes, things start to look different. You move around in the world differently. It's not a quick fix. But your relationships change, perhaps expand. You notice synchronicities, develop intuition, see things you didn't see before, appreciate, love. Generousness. generousness. And then you look back, you know, six months later, a year later, and you see, ah, things seem different. Things seemed lighter. I feel more myself. I'm living a life that's mine. 
and those things I thought were so important actually weren't. And the things that are important are still here. And of course, thoughts will come and distractions and daydreams and just go back to the breath. Aware of the breath, aware of the thoughts. Rest is awareness. Connect to the deeper part until you get distracted again. Compassion for your easily distractible mind. And don't put a time limit. This is kind of a lifelong path now for you. And so we'll end now with a couple of breaths. And then open your eyes and stretch and hear what Lisa has to say. (laughs) It's interesting hearing what you have to say and thinking and letting go and meditating all at the same time, but I find it peaceful. It, you know, you, you're saying what I think are really important things, but I'm meditating. And so they just kind of, I think connect with a certain part of your brain that I still feel relaxed, but I'm still hearing the message. Right, right, because there's the hearing, and then there's the work you're doing yourself. Just to yeah, exactly. Be aware, exactly. right? And it's different than a conversation because it's the guiding, you know, guiding to a place where you feel, mm. and you can do it without guiding too. I always find it helpful to be guided, but that's why I'm a fan of retreats, though, because if you do it for long enough, you just. <laughs> You do it. Right, right. <laughs> sometimes it takes a while to, to when you're by yourself to, to get into that because there's so much, you know, you go to re- a retreat and you say, why am I here? And oh my gosh. And, it's, you know, brains do all kinds of things. But the monkey mind, tame the monkey mind, but really it's like connect to that part of you that's not monkey mind. And I just wish... Everyone, good luck and perseverance in carrying this on. Through awareness and meditation. Yes. And it's possible and it's available to everybody. And you will enjoy the synchronicities and all the fun. (sighs) Absolutely. It can be tough, but it can be just fun, freeing. Just like there's so many possibilities that can open up for you and, and for the world. And that's what... I'm really hopeful for as we move forward. 
And if you've heard anything in here that you connected with or want to share with us, we always love to hear from you. Exploringawareness at gmail.com is our email address. Again, that's the name of the podcast, exploringawareness at gmail.com. All over the world, we know you're listening and we're very grateful for that. And we'd love to hear from you. And you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter as well. I hope everyone has lots of synchronicities this week. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to hear about them if they happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Frank, for everything that you bring to this podcast as well. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Have a great week. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.